Introducing Buckets and Beyond, your friendly neighborhood cinematic podcast when the Mavericks aren't playing in the offseason. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. And uh, starting at Movie Reviewer, it's Andrew Lagoon Bennett. Good to be here, good to be here. Oh my gosh, good. And starting at co-movie reviewer, it's your boy, Ben Seibel. Oh my gosh, yeah. This is the pod you've all been waiting for. As uh, as you all know, I'm sure, we're, we're a Dallas Mavericks podcast about 90-ish percent of the time. But um, now that we're in like big movie blockbuster season um, and the fact that there's no... There's not a lot of good Mavs topics to talk about. Um, we are going to be reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which came out last week. And um, yeah, Andrew, I just, I'm just curious what, curious what your initial impressions are of, of the film. Uh, yeah, man. Um, throughout the movie, I felt like I kept I kept trying to to concoct a thesis um i in over overall or like top of the line um top line kind of review is good not great or above average not um yeah i i it's hard for me to divorce my feelings about this movie from my general fatigue when it comes to like Marvel products in general. Um, I will say this definitely is the best looking Marvel movie we've had in a long time uh, and is the most distinctly and like uniquely written and directed. Um, It also gives what I would say are some of the better performances that we've recently gotten in the MCU and some of the better writing or just the better story beats and character arcs or development over a movie. Like, I mean, it's, uh, again, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I described it in a letterbox review that I, I posted last night that when, when you've been getting plain white toast for a while, (laughs) like putting butter on something is, is groundbreaking or it's, it's, it's amazing when you suddenly have toast with butter on it or maybe toast with Nutella. Not mm. now, butter or Nutella or uh, peanut butter or jelly, those are not like groundbreaking flavors. But when you have had a long string of bland, below average, less than ideal storytelling presented to you, when James Gunn swoops in and like suddenly gives you something that's a little fresh, a little different, um, is visually still like exciting and interesting to look at. It it comes across as like this this great experience. Um, I I I feel like I I reside as the resident snob movie critic nitpicker on the podcast. Um, <laughs> so generally, like enjoyed myself watching the movie. Like it's definitely looks good and. Uh, I, I appreciate 
what James Gunn is able to do and what he's able to squeeze out of the narrative and like story and character elements. Again, I'm not, um, I don't know. I'm not gushing with like, oh my gosh, this is the great, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen by no, by no stretch. <laughs> um, but it was, it was refreshing to get just like, just like a, a well-cooked meal. I'll, I'll put it that way. I think, New I think your food was, metaphors. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think that's what has been lacking over the last few years, few years or months or however long of just like, give me a quality product <clears throat> that is an enjoyable, uh, I will, uh, this movie will also be my opportunity to stump for make movies shorter again. Uh, Roger Ebert was is famous for saying no good movie is too long and no bad movie is too short. Unfortunately, Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of right there in the middle where it's like maybe a little too long. Two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah two and a half hours is tough. I'm, <laughs> and maybe this is me. I'm almost turning, I'm almost 30. Like <laughs> going to see a movie on a weeknight, particularly two and a half hours is, is you're, you're pushing my, pushing my level of my energy and my attention span. Um, oh yeah. Or just, so, uh, yeah, those are my general takeaways. I'm curious, based on based on the notes that you sent me, I, I I'm very curious to see to hear to hear your reaction, Ben, because I I can imagine that it's much more positive than than my kind of yeah okay uh, response uh, was. Um, and I and we we'll get the scores later. I think what I I, I I'm kind of have similar thoughts about good but not great. Or, or like on the verge of being great. Um, I think what what is what James Gunn did a great job of is executing all these different storylines for each character, making it it never felt busy. It never felt like over you know um, any other director like that they'll uh, take away from one character to give to another. But Usually in James Gunn movies, they're always bouncing off of each other and just having a great time and in entertaining the audience and nothing feels forced. Like you said, the just the whole, you know, set design, all of the engaging, um, you know, like there's just so much well executed. So much was well executed. It, it's hard to to really knock a whole lot with this movie. I think there's a couple things that. Um, Part of it is just my expectations on what it should be, um, but like Adam Warlock, like I, I thought he would be a bigger bigger part of all of this. But you can understand why they, you know, kept his his role to a minimum. They kind of showed him at the beginning how how powerful he was, and then, you know, kind of a little bit towards the end. Um, and uh, I I I came into this movie, and I mean, I guess we can we'll kind of transition to that in a sec, but like. I would, yeah, it's, it just, the, there was, because they also have to kind of put a bow on it. This is the end of the trilogy. This is the end of like, that's part of why I think the runtime was a little bit longer. Um, I think different parts of the story where it, it's clearly like Rocket's movie focusing on his trajectory and his flashbacks. There's that part of the movie. There's like the Guardians trying to, to fix him with for the majority of the movie. And then there's, um you know the uh yeah it's it's rocket's movie but rocket also spends the the majority like he's two knocked hours out of the runtime comatose like in yeah, in traction out. 
Yeah. I think, I think um, Peter's storyline is kind of what ties everybody else together of how like he's coming back from, uh, you know, w- with everything that he's, that's going on with him. I think it's, there are just certain things that I, I feel like could have been tied up a little bit better or, you know, but I, I understand how, like how they got to the point to the movie that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but overall, I think just James Gunn distracts you with how beautiful the, the, the scenery is and how, these amazing jokes between these characters and these awesome moves that these characters can do. Um, and I think that's all summed up in this one, the final like 10, 10, 15 minutes of where the guardians are, are like in this hallway scene where like all five of yeah, them have signature that's... moves and it's just the most beautiful like dance. It's choreographed perfectly. And just like only, only James Gunn could pull this off. Like he is just, just kiss yeah it, it's it's a competently <laughs> shot and composed and choreographed fight sequence set piece that like shows shows some actual just like skill I, I mean or like there i i've seen a lot of critiques in recent years of just movies where you do like the action and the choreo and like the fight scenes you don't really know where anyone is in space. It feels very much like <laughs> it f- feels very much like six people that were not on set together or like you have spliced and stitched together all of this, uh, you know, computer generated imagery to create this, you know, grayscale gobbledygook, you know, fight scene. I mean, one could argue that like the entire, like the final climactic battle of Endgame is very much just like a papered over CGI mishmash. And and this was very different than that. Where like every, it feels very kinetic. You know where people are. People's actions in the, in the space have consequences, have, I mean, it, yeah, I, I agree that that sequence was, was one moment where you're like, oh, dang, this is what it feels like to watch like, um, just a fun, well, well put together action set piece. Um, and it's been something that unfortunately has been missing. Uh, I, I skipped Ant-Man and Quantumania. Um, oh, wow. I think, I think it was missing <laughs> from, from some portions of, of Black Panther. I mean, it was missing from, I mean, you had some, some artistry in some of those moments in Dr. Strange Multiverse of Madness. And, and, I, and I'm surprised you don't have... Yeah, I'm surprised you hadn't brought this up earlier, but what I loved about this movie and it's it seemed contained to its own like space. It wasn't yes. it yes. wasn't like hey let's tease Fantastic Four, hey let's tease X Men, no. hey let's tease mm-hmm. like eight other projects because yes, as much as I love Black Panther, there was like four or five scenes you that could were clearly cut, yeah. yeah you could cut yeah. 25 minutes from Black Panther if you weren't trying to set up other things and and that's and that's something that i also really appreciated about <clears throat> this movie is there was less of the hey remember this hey notice this hey remember this the the like the nostalgia trip or the the self-referential like hey not nod nod wink wink like this is important for later like this will come up on the test later there was <laughs> there was little to none of that um, and we haven't had an we haven't had an MCU, MCU movie like that in a while, if we're being completely honest. Like pretty much everything, like since Endgame, or be, you know even before Endgame, has been set up to the next thing, set up to the next thing, set up to the next thing. And this took me back to the first time when I saw Guardians One, 
when we all thought like, well, this this thing may not get a sequel and and this thing may not last in the MCU. Like it's so weird, all these characters, nobody knows who they are. And and they were their own contained like space. And they ended up setting up technically they ended up setting up the uh, you know, Infinity Stone saga or whatever. But at the time we're just thinking like there's no way. Like it just seemed so like it's just about these characters. It's just about their storylines. It's just about furthering their development in the movie. And and I I think they he executed that really well. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when you just try to tell one story <laughs> or a self-contained story about <laughs> these specific characters and you don't and you don't distract from that story that you want to tell in any way. I, I was thinking about this earlier today. This is the only three movie run or trilogy within within the Marvel Cinema MCU that is directed by a singular director that you have a singular kind of vision, vision. over all of them. I mean, you've we've gotten an Iron Man trilogy, we've gotten a Captain America trilogy, we've gotten a Thor Ant -Man. trilogy type Ant-Man. Oh, is it, has Ant-Man been the same? I think Peyton three? Reed directed all three, but I I, I know what you're talking. I see what you're saying. Um, I'll look that up. Okay, um, but it it just it very um, yeah, but like yeah, Thor, just, like take OITD directed the last two, but the first two there were definitely not him. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think Peyton, but that's the exception. I think. To what you're saying because the first two uh first two iron men were um john favreau and then the third one was shane black um yeah but <clears throat> well i don't know if you had any, any preconceived notions about this movie there's a couple things that i i came into this movie thinking would happen or or um what i assumed we all know what happens when that you know uh uh <laughs> yeah <don't laughs> what, what happened I won't, I, won't, I won't say that exactly. So what I assumed or what I was wrong about, no main character deaths. I thought for sure we would lose Drax and Rocket, but definitely Drax because Dave Bautista has been pretty vocal about like, hey, this is my last. I think all of my... them have been, haven't they? Like Zoe Saldana I mean, they... has been. Pretty... I guess I wasn't as, as aware of her, but um, I think yeah. if, you've, if, you, if your character involves any type of body paint, I think you're 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 a little bit more checked out than the other cast members. Yeah. Well, like uh, they all. Bradley Cooper they, just steps into a booth and and talks for thirty minutes. And yeah. He's done. Bradley Cooper's got the best job in the world. Uh, <laughs> I I think yeah. I it, well in the the conclusion of this movie, very much felt like. And this is and this is another area where like you can't. This is just the price you pay for being a part of this like interconnected this product that continues on and on and on felt very much like the story or the movie explaining away why you're not going to see Zoe Saldana again, why you're not going to see Drax again, why you're probably not going to see maybe Mantis or, or, or Chris, Chris Pratt, uh, star Lord again, like essentially like, okay, we are, we are, we are siloing Breaking and we are, band. yeah, we are, we are, putting them into storage. We are putting them away in storage because <laughs> I think it, I think it was abundantly clear. I think most people were like if 
if if James Gunn is out, we're out. And I think I think this is this is James Gunn's oh, song for I sure. Hadn't thought, I hadn't thought about that so, aspect of it. So I think I for wonder, a lot of them, they you know like okay, I wonder if that we, still rings true because they obviously there before Guardians three there was this whole you know where where James Gunn got fired for that tweet he sent years and years ago, and they were just like no like we don't want to make the movie without him, so they ended up bringing him back. And then he, they eventually make this movie after the pandemic and stuff. I wonder if 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 the, all the actors like, yeah, I don't want to return to our role with because James Gunn won't be back to to direct anymore. Yeah. Like it's his last one. That's so interesting. That's, that's interesting when you look at it. Hmm. In, on the topic of character deaths, is there anybody that you think this is a better movie if that character <laughs> dies? <laughs> that's a good question. Um. I could see it being better, like if Drax sacrifices himself for those kids, and he's just being ultimate mm-hmm. dad move, like laying down his life. Um, I don't think they could kill Rocket. I think that would legit traumatize people, even though he's animated. Um, I think that would be really rough. Well, you spend the entire movie trying to save him. Yeah, it's it's a major narrative bummer if you if you, if you do <laughs> all of that. If you we all, didn't do the thing we were working on the start. I was kind of intrigued. I mean, again, I feel like every <laughs> I I was a little disappointed in the movie that it was unwilling to kill Star Lord. Um, oh my god! <laughs> it, it gives us that moment, and, and here and here's my reasoning. Here's my reasoning. In the first in the first Guardians, I think we we have that have that moment where. Uh, where he's freezing to death in space and he puts his mask on the war. Every, I mean, we have that in the, in the first one, we have the second one where Yondu puts is freezing to death in space or Quill is freezing puts to death. the suit in thing on him. Yeah. Suit thing on Quill to save his life. Again, we get in the third one. Quill <laughs> once again is freezing to death in space. I guess I forgot the first movie. I thought yeah. and his space right. fully like distends and everything. And 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 we still like oh no 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 just in time we're gonna we're gonna fix it and it just that was the one time where I was like okay we clearly are not willing I just, to I to think, go out on that limb <laughs> right uh, I think it was more of like a we can't have Peter Quill go out like that like he looked really bad. He looked like he had just got like he was allergic to space, and his like face just ballooned, and he he, he looked yeah, like there he are was better, back. There are better ways to go for sure, but he looked like he was back in like Parks and Rec when he was Andy, like early early Parks and Rec Andy, where he's just very heavy and um, after a stroke. <laughs> I think oh. that was just really, and he goes after a zoom. That's in the other part of it. You're like, oh man, if you're gonna, you know. If, like of all the things to die over, a, a zoom. Here's a here's a question I I had that that came up. There's a frequent, like it's a running joke through this movie, that that Quill or Chris Pratt is trying to save his best friend Rocket. <laughs> right. Do you buy that? I was a little Be- uh, because I don't that, remember him ever saying that before this movie. That That's seems a little dubious, guess. and I get that like. <laughs> they all have this like love hate relationship with each other. Like they're very, they're, there's a very punchy, like sibling type sort of like, no, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. 
but we never get the sense through like the first two movies. Maybe I need to watch the holiday special. Maybe that's what uh, I need to do. No, but, we don't really interact a whole lot in but, the holiday special. But we never, I have never gotten the sense that Rocket was Peter's best friend. Um, maybe he's equal friends with him and Drax uh, and, and Groot or whatever. Um, I think I think what it comes down to is um, Drax isn't the brightest bulb on the tree and Rocket is clearly a lot smarter than him. So I think they're just, it's just a deep, by default, he's the best friend. He spends most time with him. Uh, even, by default. Just, You're my best friend by default because all of these <laughs> other people are kind of, eh. You know, uh, yeah. I think, I think that I'll have to, I wonder if I need to rewatch the second one because I remember them butting heads a lot in the second one where he, where Rack, mm-hmm. a, a Rocket like stole those batteries and, you know, he's kind of screwed them up over yeah again they, they even, consistently have a very antagonistic relationship a very like they're friends like but it's almost like little very, brother like yeah. m- like like rockets could the little brother who's just trying to do you know stick it to to quill no matter what because he doesn't respect his authority or whatever um yeah so that kind of, I, that also threw me off um um so other thing i was wrong about adam warlock i i figured he would be more featured in the movie um and he 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 maybe I feel like he didn't have much screen time just after that first that first display of power was awesome though I'll say that um, that when he just kind of takes out he like like totally dismantles Groot he um, he beats up on Nebula really bad she looks all like janky and um, and uh, I, th- I think she he like th- he basically just wrecked through everybody um, yeah but. What did you think about how how they used him? Um, I mean, he, yeah, I, I, I didn't really have, I don't have a ton of knowledge of Adam Warlock outside of, you know, Nick Poulter's, you know, 15 minutes in this movie. Uh, I think it works pretty well as like a little bit of levity and like a comedic, um, side character or side antagonist. Uh, I don't think he works as the primary antagonist and they do a good job of kind of setting him up as again they all all of these characters are kind of like lost children or lost people that like don't have a place they they don't fit in there uh and so the trajectory of him going from antagonist to like oh maybe i can find a family with all of these weirdos uh i i enjoyed that so um, I think in general it was a it was a better choice to position him as like a side antagonist and then a future ally as opposed to trying to build your movie around him being uh, the primary villain, which which yeah. is what was kind of teased at, in Volume Two is Elizabeth Debicki's character is creating this you know ultimate weapon um, to defeat the Guardians, and then it turns out he's like, eh, I mean. He's, they, he's powerful, think, but not quite. They mentioned that they took him out of the, the tube early, which yeah. is why he's not fully developed. A little, a little premature, mature. yeah. So <laughs> I think it's what we didn't realize going into the movie. So him like getting enamored by that little space cat, I think that was really funny. Um, <laughs> and I, last thing I was wrong about, I really thought Gamora and Quill are going to get back together. That was just, it seemed like, uh, 
too much that, of a hurdle for them to get, you know, she was just not having another, another thing that I, that I, that I actually really enjoyed about this movie was the willingness to, I think a lot of some issues I've had with Marvel in the past is that there's a very significant event, a significant moment. I also have this issue with like sometimes in star Wars, this happens where there's a very significant character moment or a very significant <laughs> Either it could be a death, it could be a change in in the relationship or dynamic, and then the very next movie we undo those things or we undercut them or we're like, oh, guess what? <laughs> like they fixed it, they fixed it off screen. It's all good now. And the uh, both the willingness of 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 James Gunn and to to continue along that narrative arc of like, no, they're not getting back together. And like, what does this relationship look like? felt felt both very mature and very realistic for like i don't i don't know it reminded me of that freaking movie like the vow is it channing tatum and and mcadams <laughs> rachel the mcadams i think where she think gets right. she gets one of them i think she gets it's amnesia, amnesia or something and he and he's trying to like remind her, her of how much yeah of how and it's like i'm not that person like i have no and and so so i i really appreciated that we didn't we didn't take the obvious route of like the trope just, of her, of them getting back together almost immediately. Yeah. And, yeah. Let's uh, wave a magic yeah. wand and like, Oh, she loves him again. Like, no, <laughs> like let's live with the consequences of, of, of the past and like build something different. And, and I think eventually more interesting. Yeah. I, he, they handled it really well. Uh, I was just kind of shocked that that's, that's not what the, 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 you know, Oh, they, they kind of figure it out at the very end and, and they she realizes she just didn't have enough time with him and it worked out. I think I think they executed well. So now now on to, to the villainy side of things. Where does high evolutionary rank in the MCU in the movies? Uh with of all the other villains. I think I'll I'll just let you I'll let you go. Where like where do you think he ranks? Um gosh. Uh I, yeah, yeah, I have no idea. Um, or maybe just tell me what you thought of him. I can tell you where it's right. Uh, I mean, he, he was a very effective villain. Um, I think it's a little bit of a cheat code to use animal cruelty to show how villainous uh, a character is. Good job. Like, I, I know everybody in the theater hated that dude. Uh <laughs> by two or like barely 40 minutes into the movie i mean 30 minutes in, like we hate this guy um, the worst. so like it's effective um i guess i guess in that regard super villainous like the 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 philosophy or kind of the rationale behind the villain was also really interesting um the performance is really good i would say the only area that it's lacking is his his the high evolutionary's powers are not particularly um intimidating at all like i know he he waves his hands a few times and does the gravity stuff but it that doesn't necessarily doesn't particularly stack up with like some of the villainy we've seen out of almost i mean a lot of other villains in the mcu have much cooler and far more menacing powers um and it, and it was strange to me to have him have such kind of quaint antiseptic like powers that he's not 
he doesn't really do too much damage to folks with them. He throws Adam Warlock <laughs> around. He throws some folks around. In a movie that it, this movie is fairly violent by MCU standards, it's pretty. Oh, yeah. It's pretty brutal. We get. I think we get the first like visualization of like Mantis's arm gets snapped in like mm, the first yeah. ten minutes. Like that's that's pretty jarring to see in an MC in a Disney MCU movie. So for for this villain to have fairly like boom boom like sci-fi noises and I'm throwing you around <laughs> telekinesis yeah. when he when he quite honestly could you know be like crushing people into jelly or could be I mean there are a lot of other oh, wow. things that could be happening so I yeah I don't have a top ten list for you to put him somewhere uh, I I would say he probably sneaks in the top five. Um, he it would probably be Thanos, Killmonger, Loki, Kang, and then him. I would say he's probably Kang is Kang is top five already after one after one I th- movie. I think I think the performance takes takes him up there. Um, okay, but I mean, uh, in, re- in real life, Jonathan Majors I might w- actually be a villain. So I mean, he, he's, he's he might be on the way out. He's he's top five in uh, in s- certain statistics for sure. Uh, yeah, what I will say that it because I just I mean you didn't experience this because you didn't see Ant Man three, but there are are definitely <laughs> there are definitely similarities between Kang and and the High Evolutionary. Kang is wearing purple. High Evolutionary wears purple. Like <laughs> Kang Thanos, uh, uses Thanos like tele- wears purple. Like, they're times. all purple. I guess. Yeah, there, there is a Marvel thing of putting the villain in purple, um, but I think the uh, the actor for High Evolutionary, I, I don't know his name off the top of my head, he did a really great job in just selling how like insanely crazy and, and mad he was that Rocket figured this part of the equation out, and he just, I think he did a really, yeah, probably one of the better overall performances as a villain um, in the MCU. I, I think he just crushed it. Um, so I don't know if you had time to put this together, but I, we had these categories, little min- miniature categories, who won slash lost slash stole the movie. And I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, mm. One stole and lost. Um, I, I am going to go with, uh, for, for winning the movie, I really loved what we got from um karen gillam as nebula in this movie i feel like like i feel like this is the most we get to see out of her character and she has this is the most like she has to do in a movie um i also have have a soft spot like i really love the mantis and drax dynamic and the three of them kind of form a little bit of like a miniature team within the team for large chunks of this movie. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with Nebula just because we haven't, like, I really enjoyed um, her moments, like, throughout this movie. Um, lost the movie? Lost the movie? Um, oh, who stole the movie? Maybe we can... Stole the movie. Easier. I think I think it easily has to be um, the, the high evolutionary. Um, mm. Like, his, I mean, that's, again, it's, it's a really good... Uh, villain performance um i think i mean everyone 
I think all all of the reactions have univer- that I've seen have universally uh, have been praising um, uh, praising his performance. So I think I think that's an easy steal. It's also like you you don't always expect the person portraying the villain to like come in and especially in like a final third act third installment movie um sometimes you get duds sometimes you get really good performances and it's um lost i feel uh i'm gonna go with something this is my i i did not care for groot's design in this movie um (laughs) i think i think groot's design has has gotten worse with each movie uh like his original og old man tree design is is easily the best <laughs> you it have a soft spot best. for old man trees it, though let's it be real. looks it looks the coolest and ever since everything else has just seemed really uncanny like the the like baby face quality to his his adolescent tree look or like the swole bodybuilder sort of like look it yeah i was not vibing with it um Groot doesn't <laughs> Groot also doesn't have a ton to do like there's not there's not really yeah i, I think mean uh, he's, he's been a pretty was shooting uh fast and furious when this was being made or something mm, yeah he really he's, phoned he's... it in he really phoned in his performance <laughs> uh let's be honest here uh, i i get i yeah. like all those picks um i think uh one this one's probably the toughest one because i i i kind of wrestle between like either rocket i think a lot of this is about rocket i think Mm -hmm. but there is a large section of the movie where rocket's not in it so i think it's i i I hesitate to give it to him and some of the performance is like young baby rocket was not technically you know i don't you know what i mean so yeah um i I would say Star Lord did a really good job, just kind of running point for this team. And I feel like he, this was one of his better, uh, Chris Pratt's better performances as Star Lord, just kind of um, leaning into that captain role. And he can tell he's dealing a lot with Kamora, but he's still, you know, uh, kind yeah, of like. Yeah, I, I honestly, I generally don't expect a lot from Chris Pratt in like in, in any role. And I, and I think he did a, he did a pretty solid job in this movie i think it's one of his more interesting and nuanced performances like Mm -hmm. both as like as a little bit of a ham a little bit of like the butt of the joke but also (laughs) like the central protagonist and also trying to deal with some some trauma um so so (laughs) yeah i i would say star lord wins uh who stole the movie i i put nebula on this so i i'm kind of more more with you and and i think Mm -hmm. I think she's kind of replaced Gamora in that, you know, the lead female role where she's got all the great lines, but she's also kind of, um, it, <laughs> kind of almost like the big sister to Mantis and Drax, right? Just kind of trying to get them together or, or just kind of get them away from each other in certain instances. And I just think she's written really well. She's given more to do and, and her character arc has been really, really fun fun to watch and then lost i'm kind of with you groot had a lot less to do the coolest thing he did though was that like the wings that that he made for quill that was pretty Mm. legit (laughs) um but yeah i I just think i I wonder if if you put it up against the other groots you know in the previous movies i I feel like he he just had 
this one had a lot less to do or was more less yeah or there's just less interesting yeah uh you have baby Groot which is who is really dumb and doesn't know what to do and it's like (laughs) brain capacity you have old man Groot that like is this very like caring figure that I think kind of like nurtures the whole team you have the adolescent in-game Groot that's like really just a punk and like annoying and then this This is is like soul Groot yeah this this Groot is just kind of there just uh i think him and drax definitely work out together i think they're on the same mm-hmm. protein plan yeah. and everything yeah he's, uh. he's soaking in the creatine he's sitting <laughs> in a he's sitting in a planet and a potted plant a, a, a potty full, full of full of creatine full of pre-workout just oh uh, just getting that yeah all about them games uh, let's touch on the post credit scenes a bit there are two post credit scenes in this in this movie the first one is uh, gives a new Guardians lineup. Um, it has Rocket and what they're calling Alpha Groot because he's just so massive. We have this Phyla Vel, which is one of the kids that they freed, has powers, I guess. We have Kraglin with the arrow. We have Cosmo the dog, Adam Warlock, and then uh, I'm not sure who Blurp is. Uh, <laughs> I just got this this uh, list off yeah, the internet. Gun to my gun to my head, you could not. Uh, I think that was the pet. Uh, don't call. Oh, the that. four, the the furry Adam Warlock's cat. Yeah, friend pet. <laughs> I, I think that. Uh, so what? What are your What are your thoughts on that lineup and and the the dynamic there? Um, I'm gonna be honest here, and this is this is soapbox moment for me. Um, <laughs> I do not stay for the post credit scenes anymore. I oh, have man. not. I have not stayed for a post-credit scene in uh, two, three years. I mean, I, I guess I did see the Bruce Campbell post-credit scene in, at the end of uh, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't. I, something, You're anti-post-credit scene. I am. I am. I only have so much life to live. And... <laughs> And if if Marvel has decided that they want to try to take another five or ten minutes of my life away, they are let it they happen. are happy to do do so. I will no longer, uh, I I will no longer allow it. Um, <laughs> I got I got shit to do. I got to get home. I got to feed the. I got to let the animals out. I gotta. There, I just I have I have infinitely better things to do with my time than sit in a darkened theater. And wait for like whatever. Uh, maybe it was after Eternals. Eternals might have been the breaking point because oh we get God. we get Harry Styles walking Ugh. out as God knows who, and it was Star just Fox like what are what are we doing? Yeah, I what are we doing? What am I like? This is this is our <laughs> life, and I say this as I sit here on a podcast talking about <laughs> this shit for like it's you know. Uh, so so yeah, I I did see some of them because this that the the team up the like post when they're playing music together or whatever or listening to music together, like that was like thirty seconds after the end credits. Like I mean, it's not even yeah. a post credit scene. It's a it's a pre credit like a mid credits. Yeah, it's it's immediate. Like the, like you get that very quickly. So I was like walking out of the theater when that shows up, and I'm like, <laughs> they're already oh, okay. like okay. And I like paused for a minute. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's all of them together. And then they start picking music that they like or talking. And I'm like, all right, all right. And okay. Well, I asked the wrong person <laughs> that clearly. Um, 
<laughs> what, was, what was the end credit scene, Ben? What was the end credit uh, scene? Come on, enlighten me. It, um, this I is also it, far more fun for me than sitting in that theater and watching it. Yeah, is having no, is having somebody try to describe it to me, and me deciding if if I give a shit or not. <laughs> I I think unfortunately, what happens with some of these end credit scenes is the ones that you wait longest for have little to no impact on mcu it was just like a cute little moment and that's what happened with this post credit scene where peter goes back to earth right and he's just eating cereal with his grandpa and that's it's just like 10 15 seconds of that and then it says star mm. the legendary star lord will return um but let's talk about okay. like give us you, you, okay i'm not i'm not done what happened to blooper reels what happened to <laughs> right blooper, like like rush give, hour give, two, like give me, I mean, give me, give me some blooper reels. Give me, I love a good, at least like, like to, I, mm -hmm. I, I think like until the, the actual post-credit scene, that would be great. But I think what, I don't know if the, the graphic artists that worked really hard with how they would feel about it. Cause they already feel like they're not getting any love, but I, I definitely like that idea. I think uh, that'd be awesome. Especially in a movie like this, which with a bunch of, you know, fun characters, um so but you saw that peter quill went back to his grandpa in within the movie yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so th this kind of for me opens up a lot of questions because he's been gone from earth since he's been since eight years old and he's probably in his 40s right now and he's coming back officially for the first time to kind of you know be with his grandpa would you watch a movie where peter quill is figuring out all he missed in like those 30 ish years where he's just like, like, cause, cause I think he's very much a, like a childish person. And he talks about like how great Kevin Bacon is or teenage mutant Ninja turtles, or like he'll, he'll mention like all of these like eighties references. And I feel like that would be well, well, like, what, I, what I would, think, uh, would I, would I watch it? No. Um, <laughs> Do I think do I think that the character of Peter Quill would get a kick out of like 90s action movies like I mean speaking of I mean Face Off he would love Face yeah, Off Yeah he kept he, he would kept saying Nick Face Cage. Off I almost yeah. thought like he had, would have he'd seen love, it but he'd love True Nick Lies Cage. he'd love um you know yeah I'm I'm sure he would get a huge kick out of catching up on all the would I enjoy a movie about him watching or like listening or like catching it no i but just like imagine that like you get like he's he's from like missouri right so he's he's probably a chiefs fan like he comes back and the chiefs have won what two super bowls mm. like yeah. there's, there's like like kind of you know almost like time travel in a sense ben if you had if you had missed the last 30 years what is the first movie you're seeing the first oh, man tv show you're watching the first the first album you're listening to that's tricky uh, because i've already seen all of those so it's more like in 30 years if somebody takes you away right like if, if you've been gone if from from this point yeah, 30 years yeah, later, yeah yeah um i would probably watch the sequel to the batman i would watch um like sequels i know that are coming <laughs> that are coming out within the next few years um yeah thank what about you? How do, how would that even work? Oh, like what would I what like if I if I disappeared now? 
Yeah. And I had to, I mean, I mean, I, I can only, I can only really think about like specifically what's right in my, I would play the last of us part three. I would, (laughs) I would go see Dune part two. I would go see Barbie and Oppenheimer back to back. Um, <laughs> well, I you would, can't do that because I would. Oppenheimer's. Well, I guess you could do that because it's they're been out later. by thirty. Years, I would. So. I would go. Uh, I would watch Andor season two. Uh, <gasps> yeah. Again. Oh, yeah. I, yeah um, there are a lot of yeah. Um, Andor two. Andor season two. Is play good, play like Jedi. Jedi Fallen Order three or Jedi Survivor two. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Milo really likes your picks. Milo, hush. Um, hush. Now, if we were going back 30 years, if it was the last 30 years, it would be the Lord of the Rings trilogy easily. But otherwise, um, I hope they explore that a little bit more. I know that you know it seems like he is coming back. I, I'd like because they didn't. Is really he coming touch back? How is he coming back? What are they gonna do with? Are we gonna just watch a Star Lord movie? Um, we might. Uh, I don't know if we'll, he'll get a movie. He's definitely he he'll come back probably in the next two Avenger movies. Maybe that's where he like you know, his character line ends. Yeah. Maybe he gets killed or something. Yes. But I, I I guess what I've been hearing is like obviously a lot of these Guardians actors want to move on. I feel like uh, within the two Avengers movies, there's probably going to be like some multiversal thing where they get recast and it's different characters, different actors playing those same characters. Um, but Chris Pratt is cool to just stick around. He's hanging out after high school. I'd, uh, I'd, <laughs> I think he'll he collect the checks for still... the next two Avengers movies, and then I, yeah. I, I would, I would be shocked <laughs> if he's still, still in it. Um, uh, so let's see. Okay, so let's do real quick. State of Marvel. State of Marvel. Uh, up to this point, uh, we've talked about it. Um, even like a year ago, we talked about it. It was still. Not much has changed uh, from the Marvel output perspective, where the either the shows go too long or or the, the quality is just not there. Or in the movies, there's clearly a problem, whether it's writing or character development or doing too much. Um, and and then you get this movie, where it's just hitting on all cylinders. the The direction is 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 amazing. the The characters are well developed. There's not to it's very self-contained to the point where you can focus on the characters um it's a it's a breath of fresh air it's it's a you know a a great meal as as andrew pointed out earlier so where do you think this well what can marvel learn from this and and what what do you think the state of marvel is right now um i i i would say that this the state of marvel is is a little bleak if it, this is this feels like the the peak before the last the last little this feels similar to like the last great game from your fit one of your favorite players um i, <laughs> I, I, like I couldn't tell i, like I couldn't it. tell you when dirk Nowitzki had his last like 30 point game or his last his like, last true, game his truly his last truly transcendent game um but this feels like that where we are in for a potentially steady decline because what what is on the horizon is really a pretty big question mark and it's pretty uh, <laughs> middling. Um, Next you're, movie you're, is the Marvels. Um, yeah, I think in November. Um, but I think that's the only one. This yeah, year. so you've got. 
the Marvels. You've got Secret Invasion. Um, you're presumably moving into these next Avengers movies. I have no idea who's going to be in these Avengers movies. Like, which characters are you using? Um, the Black Panther trilogy, or I mean, movies are, I, I guess you're moving, you're continuing on with Letitia Wright, but that is in flux. I, f I feel like I feel like you just have a, a long list of kind of just middling products. And I, think, I think Marvel is going to muddle through until they can either hard reset with X-Men or Fantastic Four or whatever it whatever, whatever it might be. Um, but we're in pretty big doldrums. I don't have a lot of confidence in them to put out something that's both interesting, well done. And something and something that 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 I would care about. Um, I mean, maybe we'll see. I, I I'm kind of I'm kind of in the position of I'll wait and see on pretty much anything. If if the Mar if the Marvels comes out and the reviews are gushing and people I trust on on film Twitter or wherever are espousing that it's like a worthwhile watch, then I'll go see it. Mm -hmm. But if if we're getting more kind of eh, maybe like i guess and i don't i don't need to i i don't need it i don't need to spend two hours at the cinema to watch this when i could spend two hours at home or i could spend two hours at the cinema yeah. watching something else i'm gonna watch mission impossible dead reckoning again or i'm gonna go <laughs> barbie and oppenheimer again or i'm gonna go see dune part Back, two yeah. again um, right so that's that's the state of it for me is just a, a lot of man maybe it's yeah. not it's no longer appointment viewing. It used to be, it used to be, you better be there opening week or like within a week. And like, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't feel that way. Maybe I've aged out. I have, I, have, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it just doesn't have the same. It doesn't feel it's like, hit oh, it doesn't same. feel like, oh my God, I have to see this. <laughs> Because and yeah, you never do. There's never a movie that you just have to see, um, but but it yeah, um, I don't know. Where where are you on on the MCU? Where what are what are you looking uh, um, towards on the horizon that gives you well, hope or that besides Spider Man? Besides Spider Man. See that's the thing. Like Spider Man, the next movie I'm looking the most forward to is is Spy Into the Spider Verse, which we're definitely gonna review. Um, and um or i guess across the spider versus what it's called um i i'm kind of i if like similar to the mavs the marvels in the rebuild in 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 a sense right like they've um i feel like they're franchise players your your robert johnny juniors your chris evans and then the thor movie was just so underwhelming um you're you're, you're wondering if if uh if they can produce the the hits or if they can um if they could put together winning seasons like they used to, um, now it just seems they're just churning out stuff to churn out things, and which you know it doesn't get the same care as those those movies used to get. Um, I don't think this movie fixes Marvel by any stretch because you know the person who's doing who's directing like he's not going to be here to to you know hold their hand through it or or to you know help them out. He's going to be on the other side. Hopefully, making great movies, Lord willing. God, I hope <laughs> that would be awesome. That's a whole nother conversation. But um, I, I think 
like if, if you just tried to put together like an Avengers lineup right now, I'm not super excited about it. It's 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 gonna be um Anthony Mackey's Captain America, She-Hulk, um, you'll have Doctor Strange, you'll have Shang-Chi, you'll have um but I'm like not I'm having trouble thinking of who else is gonna round out the team. You know what I mean? So like it's Captain Marvel. <laughs> Um, Captain Marvel. Um, there's a, there's there's definitely people I'm forgetting, but I think like they're they're in a rebuild right now, and they're trying to get you to invest into into new characters, which is tough because we've spent so much time with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and in those those uh, actors. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm I'm not super. I think this. I hope Marvel learns from this movie. And kind of applies it to the rest of them, but I don't have a whole lot of hope that they will. Um, well, I think not, they it, kinda... you're on a you're on a timetable where all of this has to be interconnected again, right? In the next like year or two, like two or three years, you're going to be back this, into this... Avengers stuff, <laughs> and it has to all mesh and and go together. And you're not going to get the self-contained, like interesting, character-driven storytelling. I that think you might get uh, from Guardians. In, in this case, I think it was a special case where the, it was James Gunn's last movie. They're just like, let him cook, let him let him do whatever he wants, let him kind of you know make the movie he wants to make. It's his last swan song, right? Like it's you know just let let him do his thing. I don't know if other directors are going to get that same opportunity to create their own like contained world. You know what I mean? Where, where they don't have to promote this show, that movie, and, and this miniseries or whatever. So um, I, the Marvels, I'm kind of met on. Um, I We'll see. So that's that's kind of where I'm at, not to get too too far down it. Um, and, okay, now that the, we've seen a successful Guardians movie to, to round out the trilogy, are, are you more excited about new co-CEO of DC uh, Studios, uh, James Gunn, taking the helm? Um, a, a little <laughs> bit. And I, and I need to preface this because, yeah. and I, because every time you bring me this question of like new DC stuff, it could be good. I, I am. On, I've been doing this for literally years. Yeah, it's been a decade. Literally, it's been a, it's been a decade. I remember. Do you remember that conversation we had at a Rangers game? I was trying to get you hyped up for the first Suicide Squad movie, and it did. I no. it was no. So oh, so God. and I and I say that to preface with pretty much every James Gunn, every project that James Gunn has been involved with, I have enjoyed. To some, to some extent, I enjoyed his DC Suicide Squad that came out. Uh, was that last year, year before? Um, yeah. I've enjoyed the three Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, like I, I, I've movies. enjoyed. I have not seen Slither, one of his mid two thousand. One of I think that was his first directorial debut, uh, but it's on the list. Like I, I want to see <laughs> it. Um, so like so I can't help but say okay. You got a proven track record like of putting stuff out that I have found interesting and enjoyable. So like, I'll give you a shot. Um, it matters to me very little, like if he's in charge or <coughs> versus whoever else. 
I mean, I'm excited for whatever Matt Reeves is going to do. Again, another director with a proven track record. So, like, in that sense, the state of DC is is in, is in a far better place than it has been it, at all at any time in the last eight <laughs> years. Because yeah. you have you have two guys who have put together Matt Reeves with his Apes trilogy, among uh, several other. I mean, Cloverfield, like he. He has a track record of like, dang, this is some good yeah. stuff. He's a great um, filmmaker. Similar, similar to James Gunn, where it's like, okay, like you know how to put together a solid movie. So I'm going to give you a chance with Superman or whatever, Aquaman, Greenland, whatever you might do down the line. Um, so the the yeah the 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 confidence meter is ticking up a little bit. It is trending. We're trending upwards uh, from tw- trending upwards from zero. From zero percent confidence uh <laughs> put it that way i'm surprised it had it was zero and not a negative number that's 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 good that's good. progress um growth that's on that's on growth <laughs> that's on growth uh i i would say i'm excited i i think and, I, and i'm just i i said this uh a year ago uh, a couple years ago when we were having this discussion like what does dc have going for it dc has um, these established characters that haven't had a true like interpretation when it comes to a movie like or or it hasn't been executed well obviously there's a lot of batman movies that's the main thing that they that they churn out but i think james gunn can tap into those characters that are would otherwise not be uh that that other that other directors would take a would uh wouldn't take a risk on or so he, he's obviously excelled in like the quirky characters in the guardians, right? Like he's, he's made those lovable characters that everybody enjoys. I just want him to prove himself with those like Superman with, you know, um, we got the flash coming up. He, he, I think he was kind of overseeing that towards the end. Um, but there's other movies that I think can be made like a green lantern, like a Martian Manhunter. I, I think that in five years, DC could be like, setting up a great expansive universe that where each director is cooking themselves and in just like how he does it in his movies like hey like if you want to have yours in your own you know little little world go for it um and we connect the things that we absolutely have to but kind of put that on the back burner more about like telling the story growing the character taking them to that to where they need to develop um so i'm i'm really excited i think five years from now we might be having a totally different conversation where like is marvel completely washed and dc is is setting up you know uh something that could you know hopefully mirror the marvel success so yeah i'm I'm real i'm real excited for what he can do you always are ben you always are i can always you can always count (laughs) i'm like unfortunately yeah (laughs) yeah I, um, and finally, let's let's get to the, the beyond cinema scale. Back to the movie. How would you rate Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three? Do we want to do like a grading system or or the? Oh, that's uh, what you meant by the beyond scale, like buckets and beyond our beyond scale. Cinema beyond cinema scale. <laughs> uh, let's see. On my scale, it comes in at a whopping two hundred and. 28 pounds um no um (laughs) let's see uh i mean i I can uh, the scale that i use for a lot of things as i've mentioned i've 
mentioned my letterbox rating, uh, rating for this. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. That equates to a 70%, a 70% grade, which seems kind of harsh. I, 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 on a letter grade, I would give it like a B minus, um, but that, like three that, and a half doesn't, <laughs> doesn't fully, um, three and a half when you, I would be a four or I guess it's technically. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, classes have different grading scales. Sometimes you can get a B minus <laughs> with like a 79. I guess um, you're right. Okay. Look at it this way. And my, and my, a three and a half on letterbox for me, it varies wildly. Like a three and a half <laughs> oh on God. letterbox for me can also mean like this was dog shit, but it was a lot of fun versus a three and a half that was like, this is pretty good, but like didn't wow me. Um, so, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that, that's the scale that I'm giving it. I don't know. You give okay. two thumbs way up, Ben, one <laughs> and a half thumbs way up. Um, I, I would say how many the... buckets of popcorn out of 10 are you giving this movie? Eight. I would say eight and a half buckets of popcorn. I'd eight and a half buckets. I, I, I think they executed it really well or just like, um, like like we talked about up to this point, I would say eight, 85. 85 out of because there there are things that they executed so well, but there are a few things I wish were a little tighter or or uh, they they kind of expanded more on like the evolutionary storyline, which I, I we we learned more about him. Um, but overall, I think J- James Gunn did a great job with it. So eighty five or a okay. B plus is that B plus or is that a B? I guess in your grading uh, scale, it's a- depends on depends on the class, depends <laughs> on the syllabus, you know, depends on the professor. But yeah, eighty. I would say eighty-five is a B plus. Yeah. Okay. Cool. For sure. Cool. I I guess in a lot of cases, technically, it's just a B. It's just straight up as a B. It's not a plus or a minus. It's just a B. Yeah. Um, We're too but, far removed. <laughs> uh, well, it needs to go to school. Lame. Uh, so I think that wraps up this cinematic edition of Buckets and Beyond, our first Beyond Pod in a while. We're try- we'll try to kind of churn out more um, as these movies yeah, come it's out. Yeah, almost like it's almost like you had a kid or something, Ben. It's been I a minute, did, yeah. yeah. I was I I'm telling you, I was getting sleepy in this movie, and and uh, the seats <laughs> were, were comfy almost, and I was like, oh no. I gotta stay awake. I can't. I have a pod. Uh. <laughs> um, but I made it. I made it. I I, I woke myself up. Um, so I think we should knock it down a letter grade if you were almost falling asleep. Gonna no, be I, here. Th- just because of the parent. That's pure parent exhaustion. That's not. That's not. That's okay. Not, okay. Sure. That's, that's not the movie. You heard it here first. Marvel is is a snooze oh, fest. Oh. In some cases, yes. Um. I, I I'll just tell you what movies I want to review, but I, I I'd like to I'm curious if there's a, a different movie that you'd want to. Uh, I definitely want to review Into the Spider Verse. I think we'd have a fun time reviewing that, or Across the Spider Verse. Sorry, and then uh, Blue Beetle. I no. I'm super excited about Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Hopefully, I'll I'll bring someone else to talk with. Good. Me on that. Yeah. Go with Go with God, Ben. Go with God. <laughs> God um, will be sitting right next to me watching that movie. Um, uh, and no one else. It'll just be <laughs> you and God in that theater. Oh, my gosh. Don't wait. <laughs> Don't even. Um, let's see what else. There's another movie I can't even think of. Anyway, we'll, we'll try to do some more movies at, or, or talk about shows that we're watching. Um, I've been watching Ted Lasso. I don't know if you watch that. That would be a fun thing to talk about. We can, we can you know, this is probably post, post-pod stuff. 
but th- thank you guys for tuning in to Buckets and Beyond. I really appreciate everybody listening. I know this is out of our normal area of uh, of, of discussion, but uh, it's been really fun to to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Please so uh, please follow, subscribe, uh, write us a review if you're if you hear the sound of my voice. Here's a challenge to you: write us a review and uh, maybe write a question that you'd like to ask us about the Mavs or about a movie you want to watch. And we'll, we'll do our best to answer it on the next pod. That would be so cool. We were trying to get more reviews. And um, thank you for tuning in. We can You can find us on Instagram at Buckets and Beyond and on Twitter at Buckets Beyond. We are out of here. Adios. Deuces.